We believe the message you're about to listen to will greatly impact your life richly. Remain blessed as you listen. And a time to build up. A time to weep. You don't like this time. We don't pray for this time. But there are things in life we don't pray for. They say happen anyway. They say life happens. Bible says, a time to weep. Even Jesus wept. The Son of God. And a time to laugh. A time to mourn. And a time to dance. A time to cast away stones. And a time to gather stones. A time to embrace. And a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain. And a time to lose. You know, other verses are fine. But why do you put this kind of verse in the Bible? A time to lose. Nobody prays to lose. If you are a footballer, every game you are playing, you want to win. You are a businessman, every day you are doing, you want to win. But sometimes we lose. Because it's a time. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to cheer and a time to sow. A time to keep silence. And a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. This is the way the world was designed to work. Not the devil designed it. God designed seasons. Bible says he puts the lights in the skies, in the firmament when it started. The great lights and the little lights. He put the moon. He said to signal seasons. So there will be a time everywhere is bright. You wake up everywhere is bright. You didn't do anything. Just wait. Give it time. It will get dark. It's not a matter of prayer. It was designed to control life. I'm sure you remember from O-level sciences things we call circles. We are born, we grow, then we die. Is that not it? You know, these days I talk a lot about circles and the fact that nothing is permanent. No matter what season it is, it's going to end. Some of us like rainy season. Farmers, we just want rain. It's good. That rainy season will end. We complain about some seasons. I don't like Amatana, blah, blah, blah. Whether you pray or you do not pray, it will end. Maybe I should say the one we don't like. You know, some of us, we enter seasons in our life where everything is working. Everything is smooth. Before you do like this, bam, you get it. Before you pray, you get it. Before you go somewhere, somebody shows you favor. Even that will end. And maybe we are in season where everything is not working. Everything is scattered. Even that will end. It's normal. It has come to stay. Seasons have come to stay. You know why they call it climate? Over time, it keeps repeating itself. For years, it stays almost the same way. Then it changes. Then it stays almost the same way again. Tough times is not something we can wish away. They have come before. They will come again. Perhaps maybe we are actually there right now. 
And we're not the first. You know, when those seasons happen, they happen on different scales. At times, it's on a global scale. It's having turbulence. Scale. Sometimes it's sectoral. Maybe a particular sector is having turbulence. Sometimes it's a city. Sometimes it's families. Sometimes it's individuals. We all go through seasons. There was a season in scripture in the days of Pharaoh and Joseph. We know the story very well now. The Bible says the whole earth was coming to Egypt to come and buy food. Hunger was ravaging everywhere in the world. And you know, interestingly, before the season of hunger came, there was a season of boom. The problem is we don't always know what season we are in. So we don't know what to do. Thank God for wisdom. And you know, many times we seek power to help us short-circuit seasons. Mm -mm, Sometimes wisdom is sufficient. In that case, it was wisdom that preserved Egypt. Every other nation was in trouble. When rain was falling, it was not only in Egypt it was falling. When there was abundance, it was not only Egypt that had abundance. Other people... (laughs) As the thing was coming, they were eating anyhow. Go to their waste bin, you will see leftover food. Somebody said, let's save. Let us save 20%. For the season that will come after, might devour this season of plenty. It happened before. Has it not started happening to our own current world too? You know, last year when COVID hit, we didn't know what was going on. We just thought it was just some Chinese disease, as some people called it. And they say, everybody stay at home. First week, everybody thought, oh, thank God for this holiday. I've been looking for vacation. My employer should just free me and let me rest. Rest became two weeks, two months, three months. Of course, we know what happened after. Jobs were lost, jobs were cut, and hunger started. Countries that had savings, they started doing interventions. They would go and be giving palliatives to their people. Our own, we looted palliatives. It's our way. <laughs> because we did not understand what was going on. It happens at national levels. Remember the book of Second Kings chapter 6? In the days of Elisha the prophet. Elisha, the person who had double portion of Elijah's anointing. Sometimes anointing will not stop that season. It will still happen. It just gives you an advantage to be able to deal with it. So don't just be fixated on power. God must use his power to truncate. He will not trunk. It's a God of process. You don't know why that season is there. Don't be selfish. Let the season do its work. You should just learn how to deal with it because it's here. The Bible says a siege was laid against Samaria. The Syrian army went all around the place, locked everywhere, no food. It was so bad. People were trading how they are going to eat their children. Say, bring your own child today. Let us cook. You don't understand. There is a kind of hunger that can make a mother cook her own child. Don't try shakpa. Don't try. It's very real. At that point, you know what? If they say it was a father that did the deal, I will understand. He didn't carry the pregnancy. He didn't go through the labor pains. But mother, agree a deal. Bring your child today. Let's cook. We'll bring your own tomorrow. Let's cook. Which kind of hunger is that? 
It was tough. So when we read the Bible, let's, let's patiently try to understand what's going on. It's not normal hunger. It's not. It happened in their time. Is it not happening in our time? Don't we hear people selling their own children? Yeah, maybe 100K, 300K. You sell your child. Kidnap for ransom, kidnap for ritual, kidnap for rice. It's happening right in our faces. I heard about a case of kidnapping where the kidnappers themselves, they were traumatized by hunger. They've held the people there hoping they will get ransom. The people they were calling to don't have money. And the victims have stayed in their place for too long. They finished all the food together. I heard. I don't know how true it is. They said when they brought the people to their families, the first thing the kidnappers asked for was, I hope you brought our coolers. Serious hunger in the land. People are going to farm to go and steal seeds and eat. That's, that's like the siege of Samaria. We're in those times already. Even in individual lives, we have tough seasons. Tough ones. Tough ones. Let me, let me show you one example. Go to the book of Genesis chapter 12. You know, we talk about Abraham. You know, we talk about the fantastic things about Abraham. When serious things hold us. Hmm. Let me read verse 10. The Bible says, Now there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. This verse is after the Bible said God told Abraham, Abraham, leave your father's house. Leave your people. Go to a land I will show you. The Bible said he obeyed. Remember, if you flip back to the chapter, you will see that's what happened. From, if you start reading from verse 1 of the same Genesis chapter 12, God was promising him, get out, I will bless you, blah, blah, blah. He said, yes, sir. He carried himself. He got to the place God said he was going to put him in Canaan. In fact, the Bible says he made a tent. He built an altar in Bethel. Look at, if you see verse uh, 7, he said, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, to your descendants, I will give this land, and there he will beat an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him, and he moved from there to Mount of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with the Bethel, blah, blah, blah. Abraham built tent, built altar. He was fervent in the Lord. The hunger started. The Bible says, the same Abraham, he packed and left promised land, went to Egypt. You don't know what we are talking about. You have to take God's intervention to say, oh boy, go back. It's not Egypt I said I want to give you. Is it not happening? The best and the brightest of our people in this country, they are running to Egypt. Egypt, figuratively. When some tough times happen, you forget the promises of God. Abraham had all the promises. He had moved. He had relocated. You know, and had followed God. When serious tough times come, even the man of faith, he carried his bag, went to Egypt. So I totally understand if we are there now. If we see our people are flying up and down, going everywhere. There is no country you go to, you know, see Nigeria. People are running. People are running. Tough times are here. No jobs. People have graduated. They did everything they said they should do. Go to school. We went to school. Graduate where we graduate where? Where's the job? No job. 
Say, you people should not be looking for jobs. Go and create a job. <laughs> I'm sure many of us have. Go and create a job. The people that will buy your products, they don't have money. You don't understand. You buy, you say you want to create a job. You're an entrepreneur. You start, you go and buy raw materials today. By the time you want to buy the same raw materials next week, plus 25% on the cost. Costs are going up. You cannot always change your price. For those of us in business, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You can't always change price randomly. So businesses are folding up. As they are being born, they are going to grave. Everybody is borrowing. Our government, they are showing us the way. I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. Borrowing right, left, and center. So we too, we started copying them. Why do you think there is so much of this personal uh, credits all over Nigeria now? Personal loans? They, it didn't used to be like this. No. People only took loans for business purposes. And they have done their business plan. They see that I have a leverage if I take this uh, financing. Now people need loan for food. Loan for rent. Loan for school fees. Loan for health. Loan for everything. And trust the uh, lenders. Wicked people. Wicked people. They first give you a rate that will kill you. It's not on annual basis. It's on monthly basis. You can slam you like 30% monthly. They know you can't pay. So they have collateral. You and your contact. The contact on your phone. That's their collateral. You think they don't know what they are doing when they say just come. Just come. Two hours you can get a loan. You can get four million in two hours. We, we carry ourselves. We run there. It's a bait. As you are doing it, they make you feel a form. You give them permission to have access to all your contacts. You go to their app. The day you default, they went like this. All your contacts will get text messages. Mr. XYZ or so 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 is a fraudulent person. Cannot be trusted for business because they have defaulted. And this criminal is now on the run. If you have information, provide it. I've got such text messages. I'm not speaking what I don't know. And I'm wondering, who gave them my number? So I called a few people. What happened? And he explained. And I totally understand. The thing has hit us madly. Oh, you are the collateral. You are not the contact on your phone. You are the collateral. So I, I know that we are totally... In tough times. Question is, can we deal with it? Is it possible? Are there ways for 10 minutes? The short answer is yes. Because no matter how big a door is, there is a key that opens that door. It may not be the golden key, but there is a key for that door. No matter how wild an animal is, there is a way to tame that animal. Bible said it. You know when he was talking about the tongue, that the tongue cannot be tamed. He said, there is no wild animal that cannot and has not been tamed. He said, but the tongue, we can't tame it. Oh, if, if you have the right skills, you can tame any animal. The same is true about tough times. If you have the right keys, you can tame it. Some of those keys are in the power domain, and some are in the wisdom domain. Because miracle is not the way we are supposed to live every day. I will not focus on the power domain. 
Maybe many of us were trusting that that's what this message will be about. Yes, it is true that God intervenes miraculously in different situations. You remember the case of the, the wife of the prophet in training, <laughs> a PIT, <laughs> who went to meet Elisha. Let me, let me even go there. She went to meet Elisha and said, hey, I got prophet. You know, one of your boys, when he was alive, he went to collect loan from those people. And he used our two sons as collateral. <laughs> this thing didn't start with you. <laughs> it did not start with you. Lord Jesus, help us. Second Kings chapter 4. He said, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, your servant, my husband is dead. Do you know what killed him? <laughs> Harassment. When they are calling him, where are you? Come and pay. BP. Lord have mercy. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. You see, this is the painful part. Fearing the Lord and following principles of life. There are two different things. Two different things. Lazarus feared the Lord. You remember that poor Lazarus? He feared the Lord. He made heaven. But he suffered on it. He suffered on it. It's, it's not only about, I fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord. What did the Bible say? It says the beginning of what? Wisdom. So there is a department called wisdom that we can go to to pick principles so that our lives here will not be miserable. So this man, his title was not respected. That was a PIT. He landed in trouble. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? We know the rest of the story. There was divine intervention. They were able to pay their debts. And the Bible said they, they lived on the rest of it. But if we bank on doing that as a way of life, it's not going to work. Miracles don't happen every day for everyone. Miracle is an intervention. So it happens once in a while, according to the will of God. I'm not sure she was the only one that was in debt at that time. So if every other person was banking on that method, it's not going to work. Let's start with some of the keys. Number one, how do we take top times? Trust in God. What did I call it? Let's go to the book of Proverbs chapter 34. I miss it up. Twenty. I miss it up. I'll come back to that later. See, as a responsible father, God knows that we have needs. He knows that we, we have things that we will need in our lives. And he knows that those tough times will come. So if we trust him, we will rest in the fact that he has made a provision. For those who trust God, there will be no lack. He didn't promise that those who trust God will always be billionaires. Mm -mm. No. Maybe not all of us will be billionaires. And to be frank, I don't think it's necessary for all of us to be billionaires. 
the way the kingdom works is that there's um, what, what we call the allocation of resources. Those who have, help those who don't. It's a kind of God's system of socialism to make sure everything works. So he has made provisions. But those provisions are hidden in instructions. If we do not follow instructions, if we don't, then it's not going to work. The Bible says, the young lions, that these animals that have strength and experience, he said they do lack. <laughs> and they get hungry. But those who trust in the Lord, those who fear God, they do not lack any good thing. Can you let me look for that scripture? Those who fear God, those who trust Him, see, you don't lack any good thing. It may be that things are not working well. Let's start from uh, verse 8 of it. Go to verse 8. Go to verse 8 of it. It said, All taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. <laughs> Somebody say, I will trust in the Lord. No, no, it's not convincing. I will trust in the Lord. Go to verse 9. It says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want for those who fear him. There is no want for those who fear him. It said, The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Mm -mm. They don't want to lack. He said, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. What that means is that your will is not enough. Say, I refuse poverty. I refuse poverty. I shall not be poor. I hate poverty. It's good. He said, but there's another caveat. Obedience. Many of us are willing not to live a life of lack. But we are not obedient. We're not. Let's go to Genesis 26 and see what happened there. Quickly. Genesis 26. Because we carry calculator. Calculator will not let you obey God. It won't. You are doing exchange rates. So if I pay tight on these dollars, ah, church has hammered. <laughs> you think God is broke? God is not broke. If he gives you an instruction, it's an opportunity to bless you. Because that's where he hits the provision. So if you now choose not to do it, in my, in my people's language, unknown Shirai, you are doing yourself. If I translate to English. That is, you are blocking your own way. If you say, God, this instruction you have given is, is for yourself. I will find another way of doing it. But you still have to bless me. He's not committed to doing what he didn't instruct. He's not. Genesis 26. You know, we talked about farming in the days of Abraham. There's another one in the life of Isaac. It's turn by turn. <laughs> These tough times, it's turn by turn. They say, God forbid, God forbid. Abraham, he faced his own. This was Isaac, his son, facing his own. On top of all the promises. Child of promise. The Bible says there was a famine in the land. Besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gera. You know, Abraham's time, he, he, he ran away, he went to Egypt. Isaac's time, the Bible said he carried his leg and went to the Palestine region of today, Philistines. He went to meet the king, Abimelech, in Gera. 
Say, bros, can, can I get urgent 2K? <laughs> Serious. So he had to move. You know, his father told him, go, don't get a wife for my son from another place. I don't want him to leave this place so that he will stay here. When Onga came, he move. We move together. So he moved together. Verse 2. Thank God for divine intervention. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. The way you are going, you are about to do what your father did. This is your movement. Stop it here in Gera. Just hold on there. So the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all the lands, blah, blah, blah. So God repeated the same promise he gave his father. He said, don't leave. This promise is for this jurisdiction. If you go to that place, you will be on your own. You will just be lying to live, like your daddy. The same thing happened to him. They got to embassy. He said, is this woman your wife? He said, no. God forbid. She's too beautiful to be my wife. She's only my sister. Abraham said it. The same thing Isaac did. But God quickly intervened and said, stay in Gera. Don't move too far. If you go to verse 6, I don't have time. It says, so he dwelt in Gera. Jump to 12. 12 is what we quote. It said, then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. We mix these two things up. Hello? Please pay attention. Look at this screen. Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. This is a result of a physical action. He sold in the land. Yes, there was famine all around. He sold. The reason he got a hundredfold is because he sold. We'll come to that later. But read the next phrase. He said, and the Lord blessed him. Two things. He got a harvest. It's not equal to the Lord blessed him. There is a difference between Output and blessing. And this is the crux of the matter that we mix. Oh, we are confident that salary will come at the end of the month. Maybe today is 24 now. This week, now I say, any ping, 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 ping. For some people, maybe it's alarm. And in our mind, that is all that God intends to give. You are wrong. That is the reward of the time you put in the soil. There is something called the blessing that now makes you rich. Two different things. It's not what you get. It's what you are able to keep. The blessing of the Lord. Make it rich. And add no sorrow. Is that component of adding no sorrow that makes people rich? I know you are expecting me to quote it and I will not disappoint you. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. I will not disappoint you. God gave instruction. He said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. Do you see the word blessing? So when in that Genesis 12 we were reading, it said the lamb produced hundredfold. He can finish eating the hundredfold. 
Isaac was a man that was too gentle for his own good. He dug well, they collected it. He went to another place, he dug. So the area boys of the area can come and collect the hundred food. So if he banged and stayed on the hundred food, he will still not be fine. Read the verse that follows it. Verse 13. After the one, uh, he said, the man began to prosper after the blessing. And continued prospering until he became very prosperous. That factor, this uh, verse 13 factor, is not because of the sowing. It's because of the blessing. It's because of the blessing. So when God says, give me the tithe. It belongs to me. The provision he has to bless you is eating in that instruction. See, I will not do it. Doesn't God know that, if, that this 100% self is not enough? He now want me to be living on 90. How will I survive? It's true, you don't know how you survive. He knows how you will survive. <laughs> because the things that you should have spent the 90 on, it will make people to come and dash you. You didn't ask them, somebody will just not be able to sleep. Ah, I think there's somebody who might need this. And give you a call. And that one becomes another reason for you to give another 10. So it's like, like a loop. I know what I'm saying. I know it. I was taught tithing from teenage years. By the grace of God, I have tried to keep on it. We may not be billionaires but we will not lack. That's the promise. What else do you want in this life? If you don't lack, you are fine. And once in a while, it brings other seasons where you are even having more than enough, you can spare. Trust the Lord when he says tight, go ahead and tight. He can keep you. Second key, sacrificial giving. Sacrificial giving. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8 to 16. I'm not going to read. I have a lot of points, and I'm looking at my time. We know the story very well. In 1 Kings chapter 17, if we start from verse 8, it was a case of another tough time in the days of Elijah the prophet. You know, we hear all sorts of things. All the pastors and prophets in this Nigeria, can they not pray that this country will improve? Elijah was there. There was famine. In fact, he was the announcer of the famine. He said, they said by my word, there will be, not, there will be no rain in this land until I say so. Of course, we know that he was not talking. If you read James chapter 5, verse 7, he said Elijah was a man of like passion. He prayed earnestly. So when we hear, I said by my word in 1 Kings, he's not just talking. The Bible says he had prayed earnestly. He prayed that there will be no rain. See, now he prayed earnestly. Not gently. He prayed earnestly. Then he now went to the king and said, Except I, I, I speak, there will be no rain. Don't let me go there today. Short story is that there was famine during the time of Elijah the prophet. And you will think that if God was going to take care of his prophet, he will find an hotel dollar or a dangote, you know. Or if you wanted to use a woman, you use um, more than follow on shore, Lakija, you know. Somebody that has some extra change. 
He went to look for a widow. God, God, why do you do things just to, to put your signature that you are the Almighty? If you want to feed someone, at least look for somebody that can feed himself. The Bible said, when Elijah got to the city gates, he saw this woman picking stick. She does not even have money to buy gas. Picking stick. Picking stick at city gates. Scavenging, basically. On top of what food? He said, I have just one handful of flour in my house. My husband has died. God rest his soul. I have responsibility for a little son. The idea is that we will just use this stick. Hopefully the stick will not die before the bread will be cooked. I don't know if you have been there before. You went to fetch firewood. The firewood is not enough. Your rice is not done. You eat it like that. I know what I'm saying because I've done it before. I know I don't look it. You know, I say some things in the office and people are like, you? Say, you don't know where God brought me from. Don't judge too quickly. Hey, don't, don't judge too quickly. All these seasons, we have seen them. Season where mommy will tell you we are fasting today. Not because they say we should fast in church. It's because there is no food at all. <laughs> and we will be cooking by faith. One day I mistakenly went to the pot and found that it was stone that was inside the water. I know what I'm saying. The Bible said Elijah, very, very insensitive man of God, made the woman say, I know your story. You want to eat the food and die. But before you die, <laughs> go and make my own cake first. You know, he first started with water. He said, there is famine in the land. There is no rain. He said, go and give me a cup of water. For Abba. If it's today, we will stone Elijah. <laughs> he said, they have come. Oh. They are making the people. The people are suffering. Yes, they are making them. They are not milking them. They are making them. Yeah. He said, go and bring my own first. He said, because God says the Lord, this, your container of flour, it will not go dry. The oil will not go dry. All the days of this famine, God will keep you. If I was the woman, <clears throat> I don't know what I would do, but that woman had more faith than I do. So she went ahead and did it. Say, after all, we eat this food. After it, we die. If we do not eat this food, we still die. I'll die and I die. Let him eat it. She didn't know she was helping her household. For the entire period, it didn't lack. They didn't lack. God was setting her up. They didn't lack. This is the way it works. Key number three, my time is running out. Key number three is adaptation. Adaptation. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. And we always quote this scripture out of context. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Okay, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think this was the first memory verse I gave my son when I started pushing him to start chewing the scriptures. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And in his mind, and in the mind of many adults today, I'm a superman. I can carry anything. I can achieve anything. I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. It is true, but that's not the context of this message. Please, back up two verses. Go to verse 11. Go to verse 11. The Bible says, Not that I speak 
in regard to need. This was Paul the Apostle speaking. Say, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Somebody say, I have learned. We need to learn to be content. Say, I'm not talking about need. I mean, I have need. Because there have been times that I had need. But there have been times I had abundance. But in all of it, I have learned to be content. This is a major problem for me. Contentment. We always want more. And there is nothing wrong about wanting more. If you can afford it. So you go to Instagram, you see everybody's eyelashes. You want it. No problem. Can you afford it? You watch Mexican movies and you see Peruvian ears. Yeah. Say, I love it. I love it. It's not cheap. Can you afford it? Aha. <laughs> you see Pastor Fela's shoe. Say, ah, that is Italia. Ah, 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 ah. Under the shoe is red. You know, men can harass too. I was in the office one day and one of my bosses harassed me. I said, ah, I see my life. I didn't know what he was trying to do. He said, everybody, raise your legs, raise your legs, and we raise our legs. Okay. This one is red. Okay. He mentioned the name of the designer. I don't know. Will I put label of designer on my shoe? Who cares? I don't care. I don't know about you. He said, this one is so, so, so one. Ah, this one is red. red. He said, this one is Primark. It's Primark. I said, oh, God, I paid money there. <laughs> I paid money there. <laughs> yes, it's not free. It's what I can afford. We have to be happy with what we can afford. Be happy, oh. Nobody will be happy for you, but be happy for yourself. Paul said, I've enjoyed before. And there are times I have need. Whatever it is, I carry myself and keep going. I keep going with contentment. If you keep looking at your neighbor, this life is a ladder. As you are looking, some people are on top of the ladder. Some people are behind. It's just like driving. As you are on the road, you want to overtake the car in front of you. You don't want the one at your back to overtake you. That's what causes accidents. Don't crash. Eh. You know, they told us overtaking is allowed. But when you are overtaking, watch your side mirror. Watch your rear view. Know where you are coming from. And keep your eyes in front. Know where you are going. Because of where you are going, sometimes there are some things you must sacrifice now and not do. And defy the gratification. You will not die if you don't buy that latest iPhone. You are just even fooling us. It's the same thing. They keep packaging it. Put one extra camera. Who camera help? Who camera help? Don't kill yourself. Don't. Don't kill yourself. Yeah. There is no point. So he went on to now say, please go to verse 12. Say, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. The day I enter for class, I sit down gently and say, please give me that apple juice. The day I cannot afford for class, I enter economy. I say, please give me my package. I take my donuts and sip my five alive with joy. With joy. I know how to abase 
and to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and suffer needs. It's part of life. Don't make it look like it's, it's, it's something strange. And we parents, we have to help the children. Not every day is Christmas. We must tell them. We must let them know. The day God provides, you can buy a new shoe. Buy it. The day you cannot buy, polish the one you have. Give it to them. Let them go out. There were days that we did not have money for Christmas clothes in my house. My daddy will... Lord. He will carry his old clothes and retailer it for us. You don't understand. Today, I'm here. These little things don't really matter. Over time, they will be forgotten. Why do you kill yourself? Don't kill yourself. Sometimes we need to make some practical changes in our lives. Because of the kind of times we live in. I was happy. Last week, I saw one. I don't want to call it a Buari pot. But a pot with two compartments. How many of us saw it? <laughs> two compartments. Because gas is expensive now. Kerosene is expensive. So if you can be cooking corn on one side and beans on the other side, they will get done together. And you serve them. It says, you are trying to adapt. There was a time, there was something we call a bacha stove when we didn't have kerosene. When we went to get sawdust, we go to a carpenter shop, collect sawdust for free, put it inside, burn the food, come on now. Serve it. Who knows how you cook it? Nobody cares. The jollof tastes the same. Whether it was with coal or with sawdust or with gas, put the right things with it. Put enough oil. Food is ready. Belly is full. Because ahead, greater things are coming if you don't give up now. So you have to learn to survive so that you can enjoy what is coming ahead. If you need to adjust, and I know some of us may not like this, if you need to adjust food timetable in your house, please adjust it. You know, comedians have laughed about uh, you are doing zero, zero, 001. You are doing. Do you know 101 is scriptural? Doing 101 is very scriptural. I know the house will be quiet. So that's why I said what I said before. Read your Bible, it's very scriptural. When God was feeding. Israelites for 40 years. Manna fell twice a day. Not twice. Twice. The Bible said manna will fall in the morning and it will fall in the evening. Then to the following day. The same book of um, Second Kings that we read earlier, when Elijah had commanded drought, the first place God fed him was not the widow of Zarephath's house. It was at a brook. The Bible said it will send ravens Twice a day. Twice. Raven, hungry, wicked, voracious raven. God commanded that you cannot eat this one. No. Go and give my servant. He said they will go in the morning. And they will go in the evening. That's one, zero, one. Making how many examples now? There's a third one. When Elijah was afraid and he was running away from Jezebel. And he was running. He kept running. He kept running. And he was tired. He slept. The Bible said God sent an angel. The angel came, made bread on coal, and gave him water. He gave him the first time. He said he slept again. After he said, he woke him up. He said, get up. It's round two, for the journey is far. Two times. In the matter of two or three witnesses. 
101 is scriptural. If you need to do 101, it will not kill you. Do it. Ah, my time is almost up. Lord Jesus, help me. Number four, and I have nine keys. Father, Lord. Number four is courage. What did I call it? Courage. I won't take too much time on this. You see this in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 7, verse 3 to 7. 2 Kings, chapter 7, verse 3 to 7. There's a story in the famine we talked about earlier in the days of Elisha, where there was a siege against um, Samaria, and there were lepers, four lepers. The Bible said they had options. It said, if we sit here, we die. If we enter the city, Shaka will kill us. Because there's no food there, too. So there's a third option that has a little chance of success. Let us surrender ourselves to the Syrian armies. Maybe they will let us live. And if they still choose to kill us, anyways, the two other options are 100% chance of death. You too, you have things that you are afraid to do that has a small chance of success that can keep you afloat in this economy. But fear will not let you do it. So they got up. Said, so we'll take our chances. But said, they got up early. We sit too long in our comfort zone. What we don't know is that comfort is not a very, com- is not a very faithful companion. It only follows the bold. Because it's the bold that finds treasures. But said, when they got to the tent, they saw that God had created a speculation. <laughs> you know, when God wants to scatter FX market, God created a speculation. They start thinking, hey, it's like the Israeli people, they've gone to hire other kings to fight. They said they left everything. They left their clothes, they left their money, they left their food, they left their tent and ran away, left their animals. The Bible says those lepers, they went in, they chopped around one. Then they saw money, gold and silver. They said they went to hide it. They came back, went to another tent, chopped around two. Then somebody said, ah, this thing we are doing is not good. Chop alone. Is that alone? Let's go and tell somebody in the king's house. Even though they don't like our kind to enter the city. There are times your disadvantages will be overlooked when you have what people are looking for. It didn't matter that the news was brought by lepers. <laughs> the king had to set up a delegate. He said, go and check. I hope these people are not trying to trick us to come out of the city so they will not attack us. And when they check, they say, it's true. King, food is everywhere. Then the Mr. Advisor, Chief Economist of Samaria, whose mouth was running against the word of the Lord. The Bible said they trampled upon him. To just May that not be our portion in the name of Jesus. Please, ma, permit me to just take this one, then I'll just read out the rest. Number five key is wisdom. Wisdom. Proverbs chapter 6. Let's quickly read Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 to 8. If you can read it for me in NLT, I'll be glad. New Living Translation. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 to 8. Great. Bible says, can we read together? One, two, three, go. Next verse, please. Chicken now. God said, guys, 
I know you are in charge of all humanity and all are created. He said, but these ants, these guys are wise. Go and learn from them. What is it that God wants us to learn from ants? On how to tame tough times. There are three wisdom keys there. He said, they labor hard in summer. They labor hard in summer. Those guys understand season. They don't have all these our sophisticated gadgets for predicting weather and everything. But they know how to recognize season. They are not just like the sons of Issachar. You know, the Bible says the sons of Issachar, they understood the times and knew what to do. Many of us like to be sons of Issachar. I want to be an ant. I'd rather be an ant than be son of Issachar. What do I mean? Sons of Issachar, we always know what to say, what to do. Problem is we never do it. We never do it. Go and read that place where they mention sons of Issachar. Not that they did it. They only knew what to do. They understand the times. They know what Israel ought to do. Who will do the work that ought to be done? Young people in the house today, please, indulge me. Recognize this season. This is the season to work. I'm saying it in very soft tones. Because the season is coming. Where if you have not worked, just go and be learning how to beg. If you cannot work, now, go and be downloading YouTube videos. 101 of begging. Because that time is coming where you will not have the ability to work, even if you have the willingness. You'll be too old to do anything useful. So this season when you have strength and have time, those two, use it to your advantage. So they worked hard. They worked hard. And this is also for every one of us. In times like this, it's not time to be doing eight hours of sleep. It's time to work hard. No food for lazy man. The Bible says, he who does not work, he should not work. Number one wisdom from the ants is work hard. Number two wisdom, he said, don't be a wheelbarrow. He said, they have no prince. They have no ruler. Nobody tells them what to do. They are self-motivated. Self-starters. Many of us can do many things. We are waiting for somebody to come and push us. It's my uncle. My uncle. They are bad in my village. Uh, is it this church? They will not give somebody opportunity. Ah, give yourself opportunity. Give yourself opportunity. Don't wait to be pushed. It's only we borrow that has tire. But we sit down. Until somebody comes to carry him. And when the person is tired and drop him, he stays there. The next year is there. That's how many of us are. Somebody comes, give you a push. Instead of you to use that push, even when they push aeroplane, aeroplane starts to run. For those of us who, who fly, we see, you know, sometimes they have to tow the aeroplane. But that same aeroplane they are towing, as they finish towing, the guy just begins to warm up, rev up. At a time, it increases speed and takes off. You need to take off. All this prepping is enough. You have heard motivational speakers, they have demotivated us. Motivate yourself now. Come on now. The third and most crucial wisdom from these ants is that you have to save for later. 
don't finish everything now. We saw that with Joseph. Joseph did that. He said, let's save 20%. So that when others are in lack, we can monetize our savings. That's what he did. He used that savings to collect all the property in the land for Pharaoh. Opportunities will come later. If you don't have savings, you may not be able to take advantage. There's something called rainy day. God forbid, emergency. But sometimes, it will happen. If it happens, what are you going to do? In the middle of the night, what are you going to do? You don't have savings? Everything is eating up. He said, that's not how to live. That's not how to live. Allow me to flex. Allow me to flex. You, only you will see one plate of suya in front of you. Then one half chicken, you know, pork here, juice here. Ah, ah, don't kill yourself. If you finish eating everything now, say, don't worry, another one is coming tomorrow. Do you know tomorrow? Do you know tomorrow? That company can fold up if it's salary you are spending like that. If it's business opportunity that is coming, the benefactor or the key strategic person in the link can be removed. Don't you hear that they be removing people on newspaper? They may be in power today. They will remove them tomorrow. And everything scatters. Don't finish everything. You are a businessman. There's a difference between revenue and profit. As money is coming in, you think it's all your money. You're just blowing. Pia, pia. Small time, you will not be able to buy your inventory. That's not how to work. We must save. It is not a matter of size. It's a matter of culture. If you cannot save in little, you cannot save in much. My time is out. I'll just read the other points. Number six is discipline. Discipline, you have to tame your appetite. You see that in Proverbs chapter 21. If you read verse 17 and verse 20, it says everybody has oil. There's oil in everybody's land. Don't blow it like Venezuela. Don't blow it with another country that starts with N. Don't squander your resources. Seize opportunities, number seven. Look for needs around you. With adversity comes opportunity. Look for needs around you and positively create a solution that can pay you back. I have to respect myself and stop now. <laughs> and I hope you have been blessed. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. listening to this message. We do believe you have been blessed. We look forward to having you worship with us in any of our services at Foundation of Truth Assembly Abuja, opposite Aso Estate, Lube Ebert Road, Abuja. Foundation of Truth Assembly, raising godly people.